Mm-mm-mm. Well, I just want to go ahead and open this in prayer. I know we've been praying, but shoot, if we can't talk to the Lord about what's going on, we might ought to just give it up. So let's go to the Father. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your anointing and what's happening here. Father, I just lay all of our body that's down at the walk before you, all of our wives and sisters that are down there, Father God, and other members of this body. Lord, we just pray blessing. I just pray that this is a life-changing event for them and uh, just keep them safe, Father God, and bring them home soon. Lord, we lift this word before you. Father God, I believe it's a word in due season, and I just pray that it comes forth in a mighty rushing wind, Father God, and sets the captive free. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a word that the Lord's been dealing with me for a while, and Dorman, he's the one that started it, so I don't know where he got it. But I want to share this morning, uh, starting in Matthew uh, chapter 4. Let's go to verse 35, and then we'll see where the Lord's going to go with this. And on the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, saying unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, a few about a month or so back, could have been longer, Dorman said he had heard this deal, and that's the title of this message is, Until you can sleep in the storm, you can't speak to the storm. And God's really, really been stirring this up in me. And, and you know, I just, I don't know, when he called, or the other day he said, I want you to preach in a couple of weeks, because we've been gone the last two weekends. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And with already what I've seen the people that are here, I can understand that now's the time for the word. You know, as spirit-filled people, we start out, you know, you get when you get the Holy Ghost, you get on fire, amen. You just go out there and and I think God is just like in a lot of ways like we are. He tolerates a lot of immaturity and a lot of stupidity, hoping you'll get a chance to grow. And what happens is, is we start naming and claiming things. We pray for people. We see great things happen. But the older we get, there comes a time that God expects more maturity. Amen? And, you know, and as I was putting this message together, I heard the Spirit say, Spirit-filled people seem to start out with such enthusiasm, and then when they reach to a point, they get burned because they are speaking more out of the old man in emotion than out of the new man in truth. There comes a point in time where God says, Okay, You've witnessed my power. You've seen things happen. Now, are you going to get in the Word and are you going to step forth? Are you going to do things in the new man instead of the old man? And as I was pondering this, I I think God deals with each of us in our own maturity, in our own, uh, the way that we're bent, with the way things are. And I remember me and Royce were talking one time, and oh, two or three years ago, it's been a while, but all of a sudden the Lord had released an anointing on him to where he could actually feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So for a lot of times in his ministry, he would pray for people, things would happen, and he would never feel anything. And, you know, I thought, you're just now feeling that? Because for me, 
when the Lord, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and started ministry, the Lord let me feel the anointing right away. That was part of Him showing me. I mean, whether it's the electric bolts, right now when we pray for people, you feel the heat. Boy, I get to sweat and the fire of the Holy Spirit comes on. But for each one of it's different, you know. And the Lord was showing me, and, and I don't know, I mean, with just Royce and his personality, if he felt that stuff right away, it might have taken him the wrong direction. And for me, if I hadn't have felt it, I'd have probably said, well, this isn't true. Well, what is this deal? And I'll never forget when we went to Africa, and you can ask Dorman, this is the truth. The minute the plane got over Africa and we were starting to descend, I told Dorman, I said, I can't feel my gifting. Now, you have to understand with where I walk, discernment's like second nature. I mean, I can walk down the street and the Holy Spirit's talking to me. When I pray for people, I just say, and I'm not saying this to be bold or arrogant. I'm just telling you where I am in my walk. I can pray for you all up here, and I know if you're receiving or not. I just know. I mean, it's just gifts. But when we got there, I couldn't feel nothing. You talk about being scared, fixing to go to these crusades and all this ministry, and I was not sensing Holy Spirit in any form or fashion. So I thought I would hide and cover it a little bit. You know, I thought, well, I'll pray for people. I'll do all this, and things will happen. And then I finally, Dorman says, well, tomorrow night's your time to speak. Which message do you want to give? And I said, Dorman, I'm not sensing the Holy Spirit. I can't speak. He said, yeah, you can. <sighs> oh, no, I didn't. Honestly, Mike, I didn't love it because I just, and I even told the guys this morning, God put something deep inside of me that you can pull me out of a crowd anytime, anywhere, and it's a confidence in the, what I'm called to and with the Holy Spirit that the minute I step behind this pulpit, if I'll die and listen, the God has a message. A word will come forth. Now, I may not know what it is, but I believe to be ready in season and out of season. And part of that is obedience to step up and do what God's called me to do. So I stand up on this. Y'all seen the stage they had, pulpit, whatever. And I'm sitting there. And then right then, the minute I open my mouth, I sense the anointing. So then we preach a word, you know, and we get to do what God's called us to do. And then the minute we called it off, it's gone again. The whole time we're taking people through deliverance, praying for healings, everything else, I didn't sense the anointing. But God was showing Himself mighty, and it was answering the prayers. But I didn't feel anointed, amen? I didn't understand it. So what God was showing me, I'm not supposed to be moved by what I feel, but by what I know. But then I can't speak for Royce, but for his ministry, it was different. All of a sudden, out of the blue, of all the people I'd been around, I'm like, you've never felt the anointing? What do you mean God's just now done this? So I asked the Lord, well, what is it? I don't get it. Is this not something everybody experiences? And you know what? It's not. He ministers to you. Your gift is you need it in the way that you're called to do for each one of us. Well, as I got to thinking about this and this message, I got to thinking, okay, how many times as young Christians do we run off half-cocked? You know, I've still got that deal that Joyner wrote about what God will put up with in the outer courts will get you killed in the inner courts. How many times have we played around state at the outer courts, but actually, don't we want the Holy of Holies? Don't you want to press into the very presence of God to where He so surrounds you that you're not moved by anything? Amen? Y'all with me? So, I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking, you know, the first part of this message is sleeping in the storm. What did Jesus say? He said, let's go to the other side. The Bible also says he only said what the Father told him to say. 
He only did what the Father told him to do. So he gets in the boat. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, even though he's a man at this time, says, we're going to the other side. And he goes to bed arrestful in that fact that they're going to the other side. The disciples didn't believe him. The disciples thought he was lying. You know why? Because they got scared when the storm arose. Either you believe that you're going to the other side or you don't believe. It's awful quiet. It's true. You know, I was thinking about this at times. When God's got a hold of me, do you realize that we all got a certain time frame that we're allowed on this earth? That we all got a calling that we fulfill? Do you know how many times I've gone to bed? It was funny after Kim and I got married and we were living in the fifth wheel and I was gone and a storm blew in with high winds. I said, don't worry, it ain't been blown over yet. You'll be all right. Well, she didn't understand that, but she did real good, you know. I can go to bed and there'll be tornado warnings and stuff like that. And it's not that I'm ignorant, but I truly believe if I need to move, God's going to tell me to move. I truly believe that if I need to leave my place of residence, God's going to tell me through His Holy Spirit, I refuse to be moved by fear and I don't want the devil stealing my sleep. So when I get ready to go to bed, I'm going to bed. And I don't care what the weatherman says. I don't care what anybody else says. I am not moved by what they say. I am moved by what I know what God tells me. And you think I'm lying? Ask Kim. She'll tell you it's true because she's like, you're going to bed? I said, what are we going to do about it? And if you can truly realize that if you die, to die is to gain. Now, I'm not talking suicidal people. I'm talking about the devil has keeping Christians so beat down and scared of death when the Bible's very clear that Jesus overcame the last enemy, which was death. And he cannot mess with us. Do you realize he cannot kill you? If you are right where you need to be serving the Lord under his covering, the devil can't mess with you. There can be things that happen, but he can't kill you. Jesus overcame that. So the Lord was showing me this about sleeping in the storm. What does it take, Jesus? He gave me three points in that. He said, Christians don't count on the Word. They don't know the Word. They don't trust the Word. And Jesus is the Word. And if you don't trust Jesus, I mean, if you want Jesus, you've got to get in the Word and know what it says. Amen? If a storm comes in your life, if you don't know the Word and know how to apply it, you're going to get scared. Now, I'm not talking out of legalism, guys. I'm talking about true relationship with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know the Word, if you don't trust the Word, if you don't trust what Jesus called for you to do, then you're going to be moved by the storm. It ties into our identity. If you don't understand who you are and you don't understand what Christ has called you to do, you know, there's things going on in my life right now that's not where I intend on being. But I'm not moved by this. I'm led forth in peace. I'm going to do what God's called me to do today and tomorrow. Take each day one day at a time. And then when I get where I'm supposed to be that I know I'm called to, then I can say, well, God, okay, I understand why I had to go this way. But I'm not moved. You know what? The gas prices don't move me. The health care bill don't move me. The debt that the president keeps trying to get a higher debt doesn't move me. Because the Word of God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. It said, greater things than these ye shall do. I shall meet all your needs through His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's funny, I looked a deal the other day. These guys still dipping snuff, smoking cigarettes. And if you do, I'm not picking on you, but I'm just going to make a point here. 
When I started dipping, snuff was under like under 50 cents a can. I can't remember exactly how much it was. And then when it got to $2 a can, I was going to quit. And when it got to this... Well, when God called me away from all that stuff, said, you know, it's over $5 a can now. And if I really wanted it, I would pay $5 a can for it. Are you with me? The prices don't move. If you really want to go somewhere, $5 a gallon gas ain't going to hold you back. Now, you may limit your trips. You may limit where you're going. But if you truly desire to do something, you will get the gas to go do it. So why do we let all this stuff upset us? We sit around worried and scared. Did y'all realize the Bible says all authorities appointed of God? Obama's in the White House because God said so. So what he does up there really don't move me. I just know I'm voting a different way, or I didn't vote for him to begin with, but I'm going to pray and vote the way I want to pray, or the, I feel the Lord's leading me in, in 2012. And then if who I want don't get in there, I'm not going to be upset and moved. God's in control. It don't matter the storms of this country. You know, and people say, well, are we going through trials and tribulations because it's judgment? I, I truly believe yes. I truly believe the reason it's not raining is the country's under a curse. That's my belief. It don't have to be yours. But I'm still not moved. Because I'm not like Eric out there farming and wanting to know why it's not raining. Where I'm at, it, I pray for him. And I know that God's going to bless him. I'm not moved by what the weatherman says because he's my brother and he, he serves the Lord with all of his heart and God's not going to let them go broke. I believe that. He's going to take care of them because they're givers. But we are so moved by the storms of life. You know, if you would spend as much time getting in the Word and understanding the Word and knowing the Word and applying the Word to your life, applying Jesus to your life as what the weatherman says or what the banker says, what everybody else says, you wouldn't be moved either. But it's truth. I got all these deer in the headlight looks out here, people. I'm sorry, but it's truth. And y'all need this. We do not need to be moved by the way things are going. We've all been through rough times. I don't understand why Brother Bob had to go through health issues or why I've had to go through stuff. But you know what? It don't matter. It's not going to move me. We're going to still plug away. We're going to still prophesy. We're still going to preach. And we're going to do what God's called us to do. I don't understand about divorces. I don't understand about, you know, people being left alone and people dying. And I really don't understand about how the body's getting sick and dying because I don't agree with that. But I'm going to keep pressing in and studying the Word to figure out what I need to be doing to keep the devil from stealing my friends and family. The storm. There's always storms in life. We're promised this, guys. John 15, 18. The world hated Jesus. He's going to hate us. Why do you think because you sign on to being a Christian that life's going to be all peachy, king, and rosy? Because we've been lied to. When you sign on to be a Christian, you've signed on to the army of God and there's a battle ahead and you're in the war and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be nice and it's not going to be sweet. When I was in the world, I never had a sweet fight in my life. And I never kissed anybody on the cheek and said, I love you and we're going to be all right. When we were fighting in the world, it's bloody, it's nasty. And you know what? You're going to get down. Somebody's going to get their butt kicked before it's over with. It's either you or them. The funny thing of it is the devil's already been beat. We just got to step into it, apply it in our life. But the storms are coming. I'm not speaking fear. I'm not speaking doubt. I'm speaking truth. Read your Bible. 
And so what? The master's sleeping. How many times have we went up there and said, Lord, you're asleep. You just don't see where I'm at. Yeah, you don't care about me. Don't you know who I am? I'm one of your preachers. Good gosh, how can I go through this? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you sleeping? Hello, 911. Jesus, wake up. Come on, you've been there. I know you have. Lord, there's too much month at the end of the money. You say, and I've been tithing and giving. Where's my money? He's like, excuse me? Am I not Lord of Lords, King of Kings? The Word says in Hebrews 13, 5, He'll never leave us or forsake us. But you know what? We think most of the time He's done it, but did you ever think maybe He's allowing us to go through something to knock the old flesh off? To see if we truly, truly rely on Him and Him alone. Is Jesus Christ truly Lord of Lords, King of Kings in your life, or is He a convenience that you use when you need Him? Or is it something where you have a social event and you come in and you get to see everybody on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever you meet, you know, and, and you get to do all that and you get to have a really good time. I love the anointing. I love church service as much as anybody when God's present. You know what? I'll be honest with you. Look at our pews. We've got a lot of people gone. But you know what? Most churches wouldn't want to come in here and hear what's preached in here anyway because it's not a feel-good, tickle-you message all the time. And I don't want to be around that. I've had enough of that in my life. And you know what that makes? A bunch of defeated Christians walking around, beat up, not understanding their identity and where they're at and why things are happening the way they are. They don't understand their authority. They don't understand what they're called to. All they know is, is that they signed on. And then as a part, they get complacent and comfortable because the devil quits messing with them because they quit fighting and they just sit there and say, this is just my cross to bear. You know... The thing of it is, is when it all boils down to, is Jesus hadn't left us and there's going to be storms, so what do you do in the storm? You need to rest in the storm. Jesus did. He's our example. He even knew it was coming. I guarantee you he knew it was coming and he was going to say, watch this. They're going to interrupt my nap. I guarantee you. I've been preaching to the multitudes. I need a little sleep. We're going to the other side and these guys are going to come up and mess with my nap. I believe he knew it was coming, but he's going to prove a point. But you know, it says in Romans 14, 17, that you know what? We're in the kingdom. And what is the kingdom, guys? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're not in righteousness and right standing, know where you're at, then something's wrong. Somebody stole your identity. If you don't have peace in your life, then the devil stole your peace and you're not in the kingdom right now. And if there's no joy in your heart, and I'm not talking about a goofy smile on your face, I'm talking about the joy of the Lord, of your salvation, of knowing who you are, that bubbles up inside of you, that if you're not there, then you're not in the kingdom. That means the devil's stolen something from you and you better find it. But when the storms come, if you realize you're righteous, then you won't do that. You know. And then in Mark 9, it talks about for those that give up all these things, and he goes through a list of things that they will get a hundredfold return in this day and age. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If God, Jesus didn't mean it, it wouldn't be written. Now, the hundredfold return, if you're in the kingdom, what is the kingdom, guys? Righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm not saying he won't help you financially. I'm not saying he won't bless you, bless you. But a hundredfold return on your righteousness, on your peace, and on your joy. 
That's how you stand in a storm and are not moved is because you have the peace of God, the 100% peace of God to say, this does not move me. I am not moved by my situation. You know, we talked about giving. Well, you know what? Sometimes you do reap other blessings, but I guarantee you when it gets, finances are getting a little weak and you look down there and you're like, how am I going to do this? Are you going to buy into the fear that you're going to lose everything? Well, it don't matter. It's God's anyway. If He wants it back, let Him have it, but it's not going to move me. Something's coming somewhere and this is going to be met. If not, I just didn't need it in Jesus' name. But we're so worried about what we can get and what we can gain and when we go through the storm, we're shaking. Proverbs 3, 24 says, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt lie down, and thou shalt sleep, be, shall be sweet. Do not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. So the storm comes, guys, and we're not supposed to be moved. Fear and being moved is not of God, it's the old man. 2 Timothy 1 says, says what? God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If you're all stressed out, that's not from God. If you're a wimpy Christian not walking in power, that's not from God. If you're walking in fear, whether it's fear of the darkness, fear for your family, whatever fear, fear is not from God. Well, what about the healthy fear? Well, okay, whatever you want to call it. I call it, you know, whether you're smart or stupid. You jump off of a cliff and you're going to die unless God tells you to. Uh, you don't want to be confessing fear. I'm, well, I'm afraid of heights. No, I just got common sense. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm led forth in peace. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. But we bind to one, scared of spiders and snakes. Well, let them rule your life then. Run around scared of them or take authority over them. The Bible says you tread on serpents. Well, it's easy for you to preach. Guys, I've been through all kinds of tests. Dorman knows this. I, t I tell him everything. I don't stand up here and preach something to y'all that I don't live. And I didn't get there overnight. It's been a growing, it's a maturing process. But I've learned the only way through the storm is straight through it. Do you know when you study about people on the ocean, when they come to a hurricane, they don't try to go around it. They go straight through it. It's the shortest route around. So what are you going to do? You're going to keep going around the mountain? You're going to go over the mountain, through the mountain, whatever? I'm going to speak to the mountain. But the only way I can speak to the mountain is in identity and knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. And then I'm going to be led forth in peace. If you can sleep during the storm, guys, you're reaching a form of maturity in the new man. Now, I'm not saying you're not in the new man if you're moved a little bit because we all understand about being babes in Christ and growing. And the devil is going to try it. What have we said repeatedly? He doesn't care if you get saved. He wants to steal your faith and he wants to steal your peace. So if you're moved by a situation, then the devil's winning. Maybe you're trying the best you know how in the new man, but let me suggest maybe you get in the Word. I can stand up here and quote you scriptures all day long. Dorman, you're not going to sit under anybody else that's going to pour any more Word on you than Dorman, I guarantee you. But he can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. You've got to get in the Word yourself. You have to find what are the promises for you. Where do I fit? How do I fit in the body of Christ? What's my part? Lord, show me what I need for my family and my life. I guarantee you, if you're going through something, finances, marriage, you know, children problems, anything, 
God will show you what you need for you at that time in the Word. Why? Because the Word is Jesus. So if you can fully rest during any storm in your life, it shows a maturity in Christ. And I'm not talking about coming to church looking good on the outside, saying, oh, it's good, praise God, it's good, it's good. And then inside you're going nuts. That ain't nothing but false pride. If you need somebody to pray for you, ask. You know, I'm going through a hard time, and I'm really trying to learn my way through this, but can you guys pray? I don't see God's answer. That's why we need each other. We can't do it on our own. I've got to have these men around here to speak into my life. And luckily at times, God, I'm blessed to be able to give them an insight maybe. But as a whole, we've got to have each other. And you're going to, things are going to come and you're going to be hit. But if you're not moved, you can just say, fine, Lord, I'm not moved. You know, Kim and I are at a spot right now that the devil really wants me to get stirred up about, but I'm not moved. I'm, doing, I'm being led forth in peace. You know, we're expecting a baby. I'm not where I wanted to be. I don't have the house I wanted. You know, the finances. You know, I, 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 me, me, me. What is that? Come on. That's old man. What's the Lord say? He says, I got this. I got this. In my time. So we just rest in the peace of knowing that Lord has got us. If we have to stay in that little old trailer from now on, we'll stay there and praise Him. Because you know what? He'll make sure our needs are met while we're there. He opened the door for me to get another job to pay some debt off. I mean, there's peace in that. I don't know that I want to do it all the time. But that's a way he showed me to make a little extra money, get some stuff paid off, and get a little stress off. Not that I'm walking in stress, but you know what? If that's the way he chooses, you know, I don't go fishing like Eric, so the chance of me getting money out of a fish's mouth slim to none. So I'll just go work for it. And I hadn't seen any money falling from heaven. It might happen, but it hadn't in mind. I'm not saying God can't do these things, y'all, but we've got to be wise. And you've got to stay in peace. I talked to Dorman about it. He says, well, do what you feel peace on doing. I get tired of asking him because he says, where's the peace? Okay. If that's what I've got to do for a while, and then if I feel like I'm getting a little off, somebody will say, hey, you need to look. So what is the storms of life? They're nothing but trials and tribulations. And you know what? We've actually got victory in them. And if we could get a hold of this, guys, we can be like Jesus. And that's what we want to be like and sleep during the storm, right? But none of these things shall move me. Acts twenty twenty four. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with what? Joy in the ministry with which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Sometimes you go through this. If you'll look at grace being empowerment, sometimes you go through the trials and tribulations so God can show off His power of getting you through it, His grace unloading on you. And if you realize that God's showing off and using you to show off to somebody else, then you might have a different perspective of it. But that's not the way we look at it. The minute things ain't right, we start going, Woe is me, God, why me? I give every Sunday. I'm at your church all the time. You know, I try to be good what I listen to and watch on TV. I'm really doing good here. He don't care about that. Honestly, it's the condition of the heart. If you're going to him with that kind of stuff, you're in the old man and you're being selfish and self-centered. Then, after you finally get mature in Christ, then, guys, comes the part where you can speak to the storm. 
God showed me this. If you don't know who you are and you can't not be moved, how can he trust you with the authority to speak to the storm? If he can't trust you with a little, he can't trust you with a lot. Now, like I said earlier, he'll let you go through stuff to witness his power, to see that it is true, but there comes a point in your walk and in your growth in the new man and in the maturity that he can't download dominus power on you unless he can trust you with it. Are you going to run off half-cocked just doing whatever? Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only do what He shows me to do. If you're not mature in the storm and you're not where you need to be with Christ, you're going to be a danger to yourself and somebody else. But when it gets to that point that you can actually speak to the storm, well, you can speak to it before that, and I'm not putting God in a box. He can do anything. But I guarantee you what I wrote here when I was typing this up, the Lord said, when you're mature in the new man, you can speak to the storm and then you get results. Can we be honest? How many of y'all prayed and prayed and tried stuff and not got any results? And you walk away discouraged and upset. How many people have we prayed for that's been sick and we don't understand why it happened and we get discouraged? How many times have you sowed that last dollar and you didn't get the money you thought you were supposed to get? How many times have you witnessed to somebody and hadn't seen the conversion you thought you would see? You're not getting results that you believe you should. Well, the minute you're looking at it like that, you're in the old man anyway because you're expecting you to get to see. It's all about you and your response. Psalms 37.4 says, You delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. But as I've preached many times before, I'll put it in our terms now, it's not the old heart. He don't want to give you the desires of the old man. He'll kill you. But it's the new heart. And truly, if you want the desires of God in your life, it's in the new man. It's not going to have anything to do with you anyway. Now, God will bless you. That's fringe benefits of the kingdom. But if you go into something and you're speaking to that storm or you're trying to minister, you're trying to do that, how many times, if you're honest, do you pray for somebody hoping somebody will notice that you're anointed? How many times do you want to give a word to somebody because you hope that they see you giving the word? I don't know, my prayer is when we go minister like we did the last couple weekends is they won't even remember me. I just want to know that they met Jesus there, wherever it is. If God allows me to bless someone, so be it. But otherwise, I just soon them not even remember me. I don't want them calling me. I don't want a lot of that stuff unless they need ministry because I don't want to be looked apart as being uh, their only latch onto Christ because I see a lot of people elate the pastor, the minister, the evangelist, the prophet, they put them at such a high standard because they're looking to them to meet their needs and not Jesus. And you know what? In the ministry, we can't do that. All we can do is give to you what God gives us. And I know of a man right now that, uh, I mean, everybody just hungers after him and his ministry because he'll take time out and he ministers to them. But the Lord was showing me they're all idolizing him. They're set free. They're seeing things, but they're not. It's not his fault, but he's glorying in it a little bit and doesn't even realize that's what he's doing because it feels good to the old man to get recognized. Right? If we're honest, that's true, right? But if you will sit there and say, it's all about God and none about me, and you finally get to the point that it has nothing to do with you, and you're truly dead, then it don't matter if Mike gives you a word. I don't have to. 
unless God puts it on me, and then I know I better be obedient to that word. It don't matter if Steve Louder gives the word. It don't matter who. It don't matter who prays for me. I want the one that's being obedient to God because I want the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit that's on them at that appointed time to meet the need of the storm that I'm going through. Matthew 18, starting in verse 18, it says, Whatever I say, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, That if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything, that they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's the word. But how many times have we heard preachers use that over and over and they're not seeing anything? I've used that scripture. Two or more gathered, by gosh, Lord, you've got to do it. But if you're not in the new man and you're calling this stuff out in the old man and you're immature about it, how can God do what He says He wants to do because it could probably kill you? And I look back now and if I'd have got some of the answers to some of the prayers I called forth in the name of Jesus, I've got agreement, I've got this, it would have killed me and I wouldn't be here today. But I was ignorant, I was stupid, and I was immature. And I've spoke to a lot of mountains because my next scripture is about having... Uh, let me see if that's... No... Uh, Oh, the one about, the next one's Romans 4, 17, about calling those things that be not though they were. We run around calling things. The next one's about the faith of the mustard seed. I've laid it all out there. I got faith. I can do this. Da, da. It's I, 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 I. That is old man. Jesus never said, I did this. I did that. He says, I do what the Father tells me. He couldn't even, they wouldn't even hardly get him to agree to that he was the son of God. But when the storm comes and we speak to the storm, see, devil loves it when, when it's all old man, it's all about us. We run around half cocked, calling off scriptures, things to do. And then when it's not successful, then we're defeated, then we quit speaking the truth of God. And so he has shut you up. The word says, How will they hear unless they have a preacher? That's our job. We go forth and minister and proclaim the word of God. But if you're really going to battle this, if you're going to battle the storm in your life, get, understand your identity, get in the Word, speak the Word, and make sure you're acting out in the new man and not the old. And if you wonder, bring it to confidentiality. Bring it to, to the elders. Bring it to somebody say, this is where I'm at, this is what I believe. Can you all agree? Because I guarantee you there's a group of men around here that if you're off Scripture, and they ain't going to agree with you, they'll say, that ain't right. There's women in this church that are stouting the Word of God. You bring it before them, and even though they may be compassion-motivated, they say, we can't go that way, but let's go this way. But too many times the devil wants you to get off by yourself out there naming and claiming and doing this and doing that, and then we get put, people like that get put on the news, and then we're all run down as being fools. And that's not bringing the glory to the kingdom. But you want to speak to your storms in your life? then you get in peace. You get in the foundation of who you are in Christ Jesus. And you have to remember, this power is all the new man. It's not for yourself or seeing or hearing. You know, it's not for yourself. The seeing and hearing of God is all about the kingdom. When you realize you're supposed to be truly dead and it's not about you, then you can get a hold of this. 
One of my favorite scriptures, we even talked about this morning, John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. That has driven me from the time I knew I was called into ministry, because greater works than these shall I do. I will not say, it would be a lie to say at first, I thought about, I'll be the best little servant you ever had. But when I finally realized it's not about me and I can make a difference in each one of your lives through the anointing, the power of God, and it don't matter what people say out there. I can go to the store and bless somebody and they may never see me again. There's one girl we ministered to last weekend that I told her I'll probably never see you again, but I still love you. Guys, the world's hurting. You know, we had a chrysalis, which is a walk for teenage girls. They only, God only had eight of them on there, and I praise God for that because as screwed up as it was, if it had been a full one, the ministers couldn't have handled it. We had cutters. We had suicides. We had people at 14 years old that were very sexually active. We had abandonment. I had one girl that I had to call the law on because she'd been raped two weeks before because you sign an agreement that a 14-year-old admits to being raped. You've got to turn this stuff in. But six salvations of the eight... Five deliverances. One girl was delivered of cutting. I was allowed to deliver, to deliver her through deliverance on a Saturday night. And we all went to bed at midnight. It was tired. We were out. You talk about spiritual battles and the doors banging at 1.30. And she had went and told her friend she was bunking with that whatever Ross is doing is working because I'm free. They get me out of bed at 1.30 and I'm ministering to her till 3.30 in the morning. Because she'd been battling suicide and everything else. And you know what? She had it all together, too. I was telling these guys, she's the type of young lady that all the other girls want to be like. She's beautiful, athletic. Her team had won state two years in a row. She's going to go into her junior year with a good team, maybe to win state again. I mean, you look at her, and this girl's got it going on. All the other girls want to be just like her. She's wanting to kill herself. She'd been raped. She had all this stuff on the inside. And then we understand why our youth is so screwed up. It's not about us anymore, y'all. It's about the kingdom of God. And there's mountains out there that need to be moved. There's mountains out there that we need to be the tool of the Lord to use. And it can't be about you. It can't be in your old soul. It can have nothing to do but except to bring glory to the kingdom of God. And if you want to see somebody set free, when a girl's cutting herself with a razor blade all the time and then that's automatically gone, I don't know about that, but she sure did. And she was running around getting people. She had a natural gift for leadership. Man, she got these girls wound up and just going. But the devil had had her beat up and beat down stealing her gifting and you know what I hadn't heard from any of them since we left praise God I guess they're doing okay but it's not about me it's not about our ministry it's actually not about this church it's not about y'all but what it is about is the kingdom of God and I pray that there'll be more mountains that we'll be able to move but I know that if I can't be calm in the storm if I can't be like Jesus and say my daddy's got this these things shall not move me then I can't be truly effective and used in the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. So, when the storms come up, what do you need to do? Be still and know that He's God. Father, I just thank you for this word this morning. I just thank you for what you're doing. I just thank you that you're setting people free, Father God. And we just sow this word into the Spirit, Father God. And I just pray that someone gets revelation of uh, maturing in you and in the new man. Father, we thank you and praise you. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Okay, that's all I got. You got anything, Pop? Cool. Hey, I'll let y'all...